May he have dominion from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. May desert tribes bow down before him and his enemies lick the dust. May the kings of Tarshish and the coast and of the coastlands render him tribute. May the kings of Sheba and Seba bring gifts. May all kings fall down before him. All nations serve him. Welcome back to the Dominion podcast. And I don't know what episode this is. 56? I don't know. We've been three weeks away. Yeah, and, I think 56. Uh, I think it's 56. Yeah. Didn't quite make it to 100 in our first uh, series. No. But uh, can you believe we've done 56 episodes? Yeah, it's uh, it's been a journey. Yeah. And that's kind of what we're going to get off on a little bit tonight. Yeah, we're going to take a little journey. We are, um, we're going to take a, a break for the rest of the summer after this and come back strong in the fall. Season two. So, um, man, we just want to talk about what it's been like doing the podcast, some of the highlights, some of the lowlights. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, we thought we would talk about the state of the Dominion. That's right. Because uh, we're not a union. We're the Dominion of Canada. That's right. And we derive that title from Psalms. That's right. And uh, the text we read every single week and the promise that the king will have dominion over all of the earth. And um, it is the purpose of the nations to submit to the rule of Christ and is the purpose of individuals and citizens of those nations to submit to Christ and to rule over creation in his name. And we started the podcast uh, thinking through how the how does the dominion of Christ uh, impact our lives, impact our churches and our families, um, our work and our politics and all of these things. And so I thought we would do you know, a recap thinking through how things are going in that department. You know, basically where we were, where we were at when we started the podcast uh, as a country, some encouraging things we've seen since then, yeah. as far as the rule of Christ um, being uh, exalted and, and um, you know, where we need to keep pushing and keep the foot on the gas in this regard. And so, um, yeah, why don't we why don't we go back to the beginning? I mean, yeah, what um, I'm trying to get myself back in the headspace of where I was at personally yeah. when we first started, and um, <clears throat> as you were just giving the intro there, I'm thinking so much of what we've talked about hasn't been us um, just giving people information that we already had completely formed in our minds, but mm-hmm. it was us in the process of forming some of these ideas or at least uh, solidifying them a little better. And so I think when we started, I was in a place where I'd kind of been on to some of these ideas coming from different places, you know, from reading Joe Boot or from, from listening to uh, some of the, some of our brothers in the States who have been kind of talking about this stuff for a while. Uh, But of course it hadn't really sunk in the necessity for it or the importance of it. So some of the concepts were not new, but how we've been fleshing them out has definitely been uh, yeah. kind of a <clears throat> hit the ground running type of approach. Well, throughout the course of church history, cultural and theological crises um, are used by God to purify the church. And we see this in the formation of various creeds and confessions. We mm-hmm. think of Chalcedon and... Nicaea. Yep. And, yep. and basically... Um, 
as difficult as it is, the Lord uses these trials uh, to refine us. And one of the ways practically is when you're faced with a crisis, you have to go back to the basics and you have to rely on the fundamentals. This is true if you are an athlete. This is true if you are in a wilderness situation. And this is true when you think theologically. When you get into unknown territory or uh, difficult territory, what you need to resort to is what is clear and what is fundamental. And Mm. uh, this is true in the history of the church. And so the response to COVID... Uh, by the Western world, by much of the world, but especially the Western world, raised a lot of questions, or should have, about the nature of the state, about the nature of the church, and importantly, the nature of the Lord Jesus Christ and his relationship to both of those institutions. Mm -hmm. And so... It became very practical and not ethereal. I mean, when we were faced with the decision of, do we forsake the assembling of the saints as we are um, called to do, we are called to assemble, do we forsake that? And if we don't forsake that, on what authority do Mm -hmm. we um, disobey the request of the magistrate? Well, this just opened up a lot of questions. But even beyond that, we... COVID was really, you know, it was a revealing of where our culture is actually at, including the church. Mm -hmm. And it was a a revelation that the church has really adopted a lot of the cultural assumptions of the the unbelieving culture um, and really failed in a lot of ways to develop a comprehensive worldview on biblical assumptions. Yeah. And so this wasn't just about lockdowns and staying open. It went to every area of life. No, when when we all had to formulate uh, arguments for our positions, what was the foundation we went back to, like yeah. you said? And uh, some people's foundations were more in line with the foundations of a humanistic, materialistic worldview. Yeah. Right? Sort of the secular, neutral worldview that we've been lulled into believing is uh, possible. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, and then other people uh, went back to the biblical foundations, and you know, you mentioned uh, Chalcedon earlier, and you know, all, Nicaea, all these other creeds that came out of these uh, great um, troubles for the church, and we've seen some stuff like that in the last couple of years, right? We had the Niagara Declaration, yeah, the Niagara Declaration, which is solid, solid yeah. foundational stuff. Yeah, uh, that was uh, written by Joe Boot et al. and mm-hmm. um, really good. Yeah. And so we began with a crisis is where we started things as a podcast and thought, okay, how do we personally think through these issues? How do we shepherd and lead um, the people that we're responsible for in our respective churches and families and um, communities? And, you know, basically I feel like for me, I've had an a really big shift in my understanding of the comprehensiveness of the Lordship of Christ and the aim and the goal of my life as a Christian uh, to glorify him by living under his rule and ruling over creation in his name. And um, so that's kind of the context of things, you know, early on we did podcasts on a call for courage and, um, 
you know, when the church, this is the first time the church in Canada has really been persecuted to this degree. Yeah. And um, we're basically being a normal Christian, doing things that Christians normally do, uh, resulted in opposition, shaming, persecution of all kinds, including for some of our brothers, imprisonment, oh, there were fines. Ch- churches burned down. Yeah. Yeah. So um, we needed to think through a costly discipleship. And uh, the experience that I've had in my life and even in our congregation, and I know in Westmount, has been that this is a really good thing. And um, it changed, I think, a lot of our views or it brought home what we've known in our heads for a long time about the costly discipleship of following Jesus Christ. And, and, And that's been a good thing. So... Cultural crisis, crisis in the church is where we began. I wanted to talk about the state of the of the dominion and perhaps some positive things that we've seen. In a very real sense, we could look at this we could look at this several ways. We could say it's really discouraging how the church just folded in this moment. But in another sense, it's like, okay, well, this is where the Canadian church is truly at. Yeah. Um and has and apparently has been. It's not like this just happened. No, uh, that it's been a revealing. And so, what are the positive signs? I mean, since the Niagara Declaration, um, what have been some positive signs in the church? And maybe we could focus on those things, and even just in Canada, in general. Well, I mean, in some churches, the ones that stayed open, we've seen large numbers of baptisms. Yeah, new memberships. Yeah. Um, Growing discipleship programs, yeah, revigorated worship service uh, and uh, worship format, yeah. Uh, so, um, we had some people visit uh, Jacob Riom's church last yeah. week, and I got a report back from them, and they said it's very similar to what we've done. You know, we've adding little bits of liturgy, adding, um, adding, uh, you know, the congregational uh, elements yeah. where the congregation's joining in something together. And so there's, I think it's inevitable when there's going to be a reformation in the church that there's going to be uh, a, a more serious attitude toward worship in general. Yeah. And that's going to play itself out in, you know, your order of service and yeah. the type of things you do during the service. So that's, that'd be some positive things. So there. a refining in the corporate worship of the church. And, yeah. and uh, this makes sense that when, when corporate worship is costly, uh, you approach it with a lot more soberness, yeah. seriousness, weightiness. Uh, the people who are just there because that's what they've always done or because their friends and family went or, um, you know, but who weren't there truly and sincerely for the worship of the living God through his son, Jesus Christ, they just don't go anymore. Yeah. And I mean, so some of the, some of the sweetest worship we had was uh, when the persecution was worse, you know, when the cops were, troll in the parking lot or when they were giving us tickets for worshiping outside. Yeah. Those were very sweet moments yeah. of worship. I th- another positive that comes <clears throat> to my mind is uh, the Lord has been merciful in raising up some amazing, godly, um, capable, faithful leaders. Mm-hmm. And I'm just so over the church superstar leadership 
And there are a lot of, it's not to say that if you're very well-known that you're not faithful. A, a lot of people are well-known because they're faithful. I'm not saying that. But um, I just love how the guys at the top of the hill right now, in my mind, who I listen to and follow, are men who have suffered for the gospel. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I love Jacob Rayom. Yeah, I mean, this guy is... What's that verse you were saying about a man with no guile? Yeah, Nathaniel. Yeah, um, that's Jesus that's Jacob, yeah. right? Like that just captures who Jacob is. Gotten to know Aaron a little bit better too. Just a great guy, um, really down to earth. A lot of practical wisdom and uh, bringing like fairly rich theological thought down to the ground for people. Mm-hmm. An experienced leader, lover of the lost and... I think about even the guys I don't know as well. Tim Stevens, I, I love reading his stuff yeah. and listening to him. And um, and there's a lot of brothers. There's a lot of brothers um, who whose names you know aren't as as well known. Who I'm, I'm like you know what? If I'm going to follow, uh, I think John Bellingham too. I yeah. love what this guy's done in this time. And and even my friend Josh, you know, at Trinity Pastor Josh Mills. Um, just to get to know these guys is such a gift to have good leaders. And it's so rare and it's a blessing for the church. And as difficult as it is, it's like, we don't need more celebrities. Um, We don't need more names for name's sake. Uh, I want to see more bunions. You know, I want to see men who are despised by the world and loved of the Lord. And, the interesting thing is we all, we look back on those men now in history and fail to realize that in their day, they didn't experience the kind of honor no. that they do now. Even amongst professing believers. Even so. amongst professing believers. And so I think Christians need to be thankful. I mean, if you've been able to listen to a, a sermon from, uh, you know, Jacob Rayom or Tim Stevens or James Coates or Aaron Rock or you know, John Bellingham and this time and many, many other brothers count yourself blessed and count yourself blessed that you can learn from men who are in the trenches, Jason as well, Mm -hmm. Pastor Jason at Westmount. So yeah, I mean, that is, that is an amazing thing. And men who are united um, despite differences, who are united in their, um, commitment to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. That's a thought. Um, we've talked about this before, but trying to find a common thread between all the uh, uh, non-conformist yeah. churches or whatever. Yeah. Uh, the ones that conform to God's law. Yeah. Right? The conformist churches. Yeah. We'll call them. <laughs> um, there really isn't, uh, there really isn't a theological tradition that's common. No. Although maybe the closest thing would be a Calvinistic approach. Yeah, but not even, not, not everyone even that, is even, um, it depends what you mean by that. Like not everyone's a five pointer. and No, but uh, a strong emphasis on the sovereignty of God. Yeah, absolutely. They would be overwhelmingly reformed. But that's the closest thing I can, I can yeah. get to. Like there's, there's really no unity on, um, I mean, even spiritual gifts yeah. or uh, baptism. eschatology, baptism. Yeah. That we're all over the board. Oh yeah, there's a there's a huge diversity, and I would say the uniting factor is not um, nonconformity. It's not. It's no. actually a submission to Christ 
And I say that with no, you know, tongue in cheek or undue. Yeah, it's uh, not like criticism. We're all, we all just hate Trudeau, so we're all in this together. No, that's, that's just it. that. That's not true. You you don't you don't bear the weight that these guys have borne because your dislike of someone. Okay, yeah. that just um, no. So no, it's their commitment to the lordship of Christ. Yeah, and and it's also you know, help me to re-examine because here's the thing, the church in scripture, we see this, uh, Paul writing to the Corinthians, um, sectarianism. I follow Apollos, you know, I follow Cephas and I follow Paul. And there, there's a human proclivity to latch on to leaders and traditions to be unnecessarily sectarian. And, while we need to be clear about what the fundamentals are of the faith and be willing to die on those hills, be clear about what is outside the realm of orthodoxy, mm-hmm. we ought to have a very clear understanding of what secondary issues are. And by secondary, I don't mean unimportant um, or without consequence. Disagreement on secondary issues um most often will lead to a difference in our ability to partner in the gospel, right? Um, But at the same time, I like the phrase that Doug Wilson uses of mere Christendom. And there is one faith, one baptism. That's right. One spirit. And we, we ought to feel that and believe that and practice that. And, um, I've, I've actually been blessed. Uh, I feel like that's what we're kind of seeing. Not that we're all letting go of our distinctives, but I think we hold them a little bit differently. Um, as far as it, as far as relating to other men. Hmm. And I think, you know, well, and just from a practical standpoint, our own camps have gotten a lot smaller. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, we don't have our hey, this is our reform group of people anymore. It's like, no, they all just kind of disappeared and now we got to... Yeah. What's what's of value to you? Someone who yeah. shares the same mode of baptism whose church is closed? Like, yeah. what, what what does that even mean at yeah. that point? And it's not to say that's not an important, you know, theological category with many, you know, corollaries, but um, there are more fundamental things. And the Lordship of Christ is something that has been neglected as far as a doctrine and especially in its application. Right. And guys who are serious about the Lordship of Christ and serious about living under his rule and exercising that rule in this world, uh, we just have a lot in common with. Yep. And so, yeah, that's an encouragement. Where we are now is not the same place we were three years ago. Is it discouraging that there's a very small group of us? Yes. It is, is it encouraging that there's a group of us? Absolutely, yes. Because three years ago, I think most of these guys will say, um, we were not all in this place. You know, I know Joe Boot's been talking about this, Dr. Boot, for years Um you know, I'm I'm sure that these other guys, uh, like Aaron, when we talked to Pastor Aaron, he had thought more about this than we had. So I I don't, I don't mean any disrespect that this caught these men off guard entirely, but I think everyone would say 
that we have been refined. Yeah. And even just as men, that our character has been refined and our commitment to the Lordship of Christ has been refined. And um, moving forward, I am actually very hopeful for what the Lord will do through these churches. Uh, where, look, if we're experiencing more conversion and more baptisms and more um, members than we have in the life of our church, I mean, God is working. You know, God is using that. And it's always been through the few that God works. And I'm excited for that to continue. Mm -hmm. We don't need the majority to have a significant impact. Um, The kingdom of God is like a mustard seed and the smallest of all seeds. And he can take uh, a nobody preacher. He can take a nobody church. He can take a couple nobodies as he always does and do something great. So I'm, I'm hopeful and optimistic because of that. Well, let's look in the future then as we're, as we're looking at the state of the dominion. Yeah. What is it we want to see? What is, um, what has the crisis given us a desire to do? So I think initially what we cared about was stopping the bleeding. It's like when you walk up to someone and they're in, they've been in an accident you're, you have a set of priorities, right? And the first one is stop the bleeding yeah, so they don't die. Triage. And it felt like we were doing theological triage for a long time. But now that the bleeding has stopped, it's like we need to learn how to walk. And then we need to learn how to run. We need to get healthy again. Yeah, we're not going back. No. To normal. No. So I, I feel like moving forward, we need to, as, as families and churches... Um, individuals continue to learn what it means to take up the task of dominion, to live under the rule of Christ, to rule over creation, his name. We need to be, we need to be teaching um, believers how they live under Christ's Lordship in their families, in their marriage, in their child raising, right? I mean, it's good. We keep going to church and we're prioritizing worship and we're committed to the path of discipleship. But Jesus said, teach them all that I've commanded. When you rise up, when you walk in the way. Yes. It takes a whole book to make a whole Christian. And we need to resist the temptation to think that if we've kept our church open, we are mature. It's like, well, that's that's a good thing. But I say, I've said, that's kind of like putting your pants on in the morning. Like that's where you begin. Yeah. Um, there's still a lot of work to do. So I want to see in my hope and prayers as a church that we could help these new believers um, and, and the people who are already believers learn, okay, how does this, the doctrine of the Lordship of Christ, how does all of scripture impact all of your life? Thinking through, even as a church, as a pastor, um, moving beyond just a commitment to staying open, but thinking through the long-term health of the church. Okay, we've got a ton of new believers. How are we discipling them? Yeah, It's not just, are you meeting? Good, you need to meet, like moving on. That's where you start. Uh, are they being taught? Are they being instructed? Part of why we're doing this podcast and in season two, we want to do more content and different kinds of content is people need instruction. Like, we need teaching. We need yeah. teachers. Um, Dominion, for those who don't know, Dominion Publishing is almost 
totally finalized. And through Dominion Publishing, um, uh, basically the publishing house who wants to start, we want to be printing and producing tons of com- content about the rule of Christ and uh, Dominion Press. So we need teaching. We need teaching and teachers. We need to be training leaders. We need yeah. to look for men in the church who are able to teach and help them to grow in that ability and help them to grow in godliness and pray for God to raise up elders. Like there is a need now. Um, it's a huge need. A huge need yeah. for discipleship that we're really just at the beginning. And yeah. I don't know if you found that as a church. But oh my goodness, yeah. We need, yeah. We need twice as many. Yeah as we have now yeah. in, in all areas. I mean, um, our deacon team is, is great. They work really hard. The elders are fantastic. Uh, they've been steadfast, Yeah, but we just don't have enough people to do the discipleship that we think needs to be done. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> so, and, and we're doing, I mean, we're doing quite a bit, but there's a, there's a hunger for it mm-hmm. amongst the members. And, uh, so Yeah. Another area that I want us to grow in is in the area of business and economics. Mm. So I've been thinking about our church and if we get out of, you know, the crisis and kind of the prepper mindset, it's like, okay, how do we get out there and be fruitful? Um, Not just having children, but actually laboring, starting businesses, uh, teaching Christians not to be a slave of other people but to take up responsibility in their own mm. life. And I think we're seeing, not to go down this rabbit trail too long, but the collapse of a unbelieving economic system, yeah. right? An economic system that is not founded on the principles of God's word and consistent with the reality of this world and is therefore completely unsustainable. Uh, we need to think through how do we live faithfully? How do we steward our resources? How do we produce resources? And people take this stuff for granted, right? This is a separate realm from the dominion stuff. This has nothing to do with the Lordship of Christ. I go to work, I make a paycheck so I can pay the bills and go home. But we need to be asking, what are you doing to earn your money? Yeah. Is it, I mean, we can, we can honor God in, in all of our work. I'm, I'm not saying that's not the case. Um, but there's just there is certain kinds of business that would be more honoring yeah. to God. Yeah, and even just the principle of taking a risk in faith. Right. Not settling for the easy paycheck because it's secure. I mean, does that not what does that remind you of? Idolatry, right? Like taking sacrificing good things, time with your family, um, you know, hopefully not your integrity at your workplace. And it's fine to work for people. And if you have a business, people will work for you. So I don't, I'm not advocating that every Christian needs to start a business, but Christians do need to recover an entrepreneurial mindset. But Christian men, especially, mm-hmm. uh, is, is part of our task of taking dominion. And that is a severely underdeveloped area of theology yeah. and practice just in our day. Um, we need to put the foot on, keep the foot on the gas pedal in the area of law and politics as well. Uh, we've seen that you cannot put your hope in princes and um, there is little to be encouraged about in the political 
seen, but I don't think the solution is to retreat no. and to give up. It's just to recognize that we are in a decades long project here. And I think it starts locally. Yeah. Like Ben has said yes. on this podcast. Like yes. We've got slots opening up on Peterborough City Hall. Yeah. Yes. You know, you can do a lot council. of good. So. I mean, we meet, we used to meet in a bunker underneath City Hall. That's right. That was our original, but they, they were onto us. Yeah, they were onto us. And uh, yeah, they didn't want Christian nationalists under their bunker. <laughs> <laughs> they could smell us, the Christian nationalists. So I think to summarize that, we are in a better position now as a church in Canada than we were th- three years ago. I firmly believe that. And we just have, by God's grace and with the help of his spirit, and should he tarry, uh, decades of work ahead of us. And we need to be thinking through now, not just meeting next week, Uh, But actually looking at our children and thinking, which one of these kids is going to slay the giant, right? Yeah. And there's a mindset um, that's popular that uh, the end is near. Yeah. And one of the, and it may be, um, I don't know. I'm not a prophet nor the son of a prophet. But one of the tendencies uh, that we fall into if we believe that is that therefore there's not a lot left to be done. Just continue being faithful in my own life and, and, and that sort of thing. And then, uh, you know, we hope for his return, but, uh, I don't think that follows. Uh, and I don't think a lot of people that believe the end is near think that that's what follows too. I mean, mm-hmm. we ought to, uh, be pursuing the great commission up until the day the Lord returns. Yeah. Even if we knew he was coming back tomorrow, it wouldn't give us an out no. from doing the great commission today. No. Uh, so that's one of those tendencies we have to fight against uh, if we're of that persuasion. Yeah, I mean, the the bridegroom wants to come to a bride who's awake, that's right? right? And not sleeping. And Keep that lamp trimmed. Exactly. So we need to keep laboring in faith, in dependence on God, and pray that he would, that he would rule and that he would reign in our city and in our province and in our country. And that's, that's our hope and prayer. So as we come to the end of season one, thank you for coming on this journey with us. And we hope that you yeah. found something of value. And in many ways, we're just getting started. Uh, we've got some big plans for season two. If you could pray for us, yeah. we're looking forward to a couple weeks of regathering um, and re- recuperating and planning. And uh, we hope to be back in the fall with some exciting and hopefully edifying stuff. Do we want to talk a little bit about what that's going to look like? Or? Well, we still want people, if you want to stay in touch, subscribe to the Substack. We'll put a link in the description. Uh, you can find us on YouTube and on Rumble. Yep. And um, we would like to do, my wife and I have a 12-year anniversary coming up, so we'd like to do a little marriage segment, you know, 12 lessons from 12 years. We're going to continue the interviews. We got a couple in this season, which we're really stoked about. And uh, we'd love to have some helpful teachers and uh, people perhaps from different backgrounds to help us think through Dominion. And um, we'd like to start filming some shorts. So, you know, we're thinking five minute clips on variety of topics. So it's not a whole podcast, but Dominion Minute. Dominion Minute. Maybe that's what it'll be. 
And uh, the challenge would be for me to say things in a minute. But that's a good challenge. What's that one uh, quote? I can't remember who said it. Something like um, somebody was writing a letter to a friend and said, I would have written you a shorter note, but I didn't have enough time. <laughs> right? It takes time to think about how to condense yes. your thoughts. Yeah, it does. It's easier just to just write it all down and get it all out. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So yeah, for the, you know, what we're still planning on releasing content every week, mm -hmm. that's still the plan. Um, that's, so that'll probably be, you know, a podcast every week or, and then on top of that, some of these shorts and other, yeah. other things. And we might wear shorts for our shorts. I don't wear shorts in public. Okay. Yeah. But unless you wear I'm, Hawaiian unless shorts. Unless I'm golfing. <laughs> Nobody needs to see my white legs. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> But now that I think of it, that's true. You ever seen me in shorts? No. That's there you go. Yeah. <laughs> jogging pants too. Can't do them. Okay. Jogging pants. Shorts. What are jogging pants? That's what everybody wears now. Okay, like the tight. Like, I mean, they used to be just like sweatpants. Yeah, they go in at the ankles. But now people spend 150 bucks on them because yeah. they've got some logo. Yeah. And they've got like nicer elastic in them or something. Yeah. I don't know. So oh, that's, I didn't, we should talk about the podcast. So, so we got some good listener feedback and we're going to do the book reviews weekly. That's right. So we're going to give a, maybe a five minute segment to that. We're going to do a cultural events where we look at something in the news and we deal with it more specifically, not the whole episode. And then we'll still have a, probably a more intentional teaching time in there as well. So as always, we uh, welcome to your feedback, critical as it may be. If you have questions, topics you want us to discuss, guests you'd like us to have on, or questions that you just have for us, um, related or unrelatedly, feel free to send those in. Uh, what's your email again, Jerry? Jeremy at the Dominion Podcast dot com dot ca. Is He'll put a link in the description. Yeah. yeah. Try both. Try both. <laughs> Just a sec. Got it in my phone here. No, I don't. Yeah. Well, and, and we have gotten a lot of great feedback from listeners, too. I just, uh, you know, we have people coming up at uh, church and talking to us about the uh, the uh, topics and whatnot. So yeah. it is really, uh, it's really great to know people are edified and enjoying mm -hmm. this. You know, mm -hmm. we're just sitting here shooting the breeze and mm -hmm. uh, people care. So yeah. thank you so much for listening. Mm -hmm. And uh, man season two it's gonna be great yeah looking yeah. forward to it all right well i don't have a end verse prepared what do you want to do well why don't we just say the common one we could uh well i said it to Our open theme verse i said it to open you know maybe we could read something from psalm two psalm two is a good one i should be able to recite this off by heart by now all right, everybody. Thanks again for coming with us on this journey. I'll leave you with this. Now, therefore, O kings, be wise. Be warned, O rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the sun, lest he be angry and you perish in the way. See you next year. 